Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Happy Labor Day to all y'all. To all y'all. Mostly uh, I'm wishing a happy Labor Day to those who work and uh, who want to work, who try to work, who want to get a job, who go look for jobs, who apply for jobs, who go take jobs, who then work at jobs and try to contribute to the economy of the United States of America. So my happy Labor Day is to y'all, all of y'all. Um, it is not happy Labor Day to people who, uh, sad to say, there's only 40% that are working now. Oh, it's a bad economy. I can hear it now. George Bush, he ruined the economy. So, uh, you know, that's why so few are working. So many are on disability and workers' comp and, and uh, unemployment and all of that. So. Anyway, there's a lot of truth. Today's a today's a day of truth. I'm going to lay out some truth for you. I don't know if we'll go two hours or not. I might explode. My head might explode before two hours. Who knows? Who knows? I think I have about eight and a half hours of of information for you. Truths, facts, facts, F-A-C-T-S, facts, facts for you. You know, there's a lot of talk about feelings, what I feel, and people talking about how it is, when in fact they're talking about more how they feel. I'm going to give you some examples of that today, but the fact remains, you know, facts matter. Facts matter. You know who facts don't matter to? People who don't want you to know the truth. Those people are always trying to divert you from the facts, and and ultimately uh, that leads us to ruination as a nation. So I don't want that. I'm pretty sure you don't want that. Maybe you do. Maybe you're part of that. Maybe you just happened on this radio show today along with our other 500,000 listeners, and you just said, hey, maybe I'll just see what this guy's all about because the Ninja Pastor, that's a crazy, crazy, crazy uh Crazy, crazy name. What that? What that guy all about? What that guy all about? Or maybe you're going to try to hate on me. That's all right too. I can handle it. I can handle it. I don't wear skinny jeans. <laughs> I hope you all had uh, a great, great weekend. I had a great weekend. I spent uh, the weekend at Liberty University with my son Daryl and Philly Bob and Millie. 
and we had a blast. The great time. What a great place to go. Renews your renews your hope and faith in America is what it does. So if you ever need to have your batteries charged, that's where you go. A lot of young people, about uh, 20-some thousand young people, just fired up and get, getting a real education. Top-notch, actually. Top-notch education. So we had a great time. We went all over the place. My son Doyle is quite the... Uh, he's quite the uh, travel guide, so we enjoyed it. Ah, I forgot to do a travel log. You should have done a video. Ah, man, I forgot that. Sorry, guys. That's why I have a face for radio, you know. <laughs> My son's good looking, but um, sadly not. So anyway, welcome, citizens. Welcome to all war fighters, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, and Sheepdogs, uniformed and clandestine services standing on the line for us. Listen, folks. We are only free to celebrate Labor Day because of the armed services and the clandestine services, uniform and clandestine services standing on the line for us. That's the only reason. Hello, United States Navy SEALs listening around the world. Thank you for your messages. Uh, Thank you all for listening, all your encouragement. You're welcome. Uh, I'm glad to do this. You do what you do so well. I'm going to try to do my little tiny part here and do what I do. Special hello to the United States Army Rangers and Rangers instructors, uh, Ranger instructors down there in Fort Benning. Rangers lead the way. Way to get it done out there, folks. Way to get it done. Doing great work, great work. One of my friends, a Ranger officer, uh, great leader, great officer, special ops guy. He will be getting married here in just a few short weeks. I'm looking forward to being there all dappered up at the uh, at the wedding, the nuptials. It's going to be exciting. We'll have a lot of fun. And uh, so I'm uh, I'm eager, very, very eager to go see that and celebrate with he and his family. Hey, look, while I'm at the microphone, I'm not going to let this country forget about you. And it's very easy for them to do it. You know, everybody gets busy. You got your, you got your, you got your soccer practice for your children. And uh, you got, you got so many things going on. That how in the world do you keep up with it? How in the world? But I'm going to tell you, you gotta you gotta pay attention to what's going on out here in the world because the real stuff. Soccer. I'm not saying soccer's not real. I'm really not. I'm not saying soccer is not real. Soccer's very real. Violin is real. All these things you do with the kids is all real stuff. But I just need to remind you. And oh, by the way, our country is going to hell in a handbasket. Meanwhile, we're entertaining ourselves to death. That's what happened in Rome, you know, that entertain them to death. Meanwhile, we kill hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Christians. That's how it happens. Special shout out to the Gold Star families. You're the fraternity. Nobody wants to join. But I want you to know I treasure you. And myself and and my little tiny audience here, we treasure you and we stand with you. And you know, America, I'm going to remind you, there's people in your hometown right now. You know, you're out at your barbecue, uh, you're you're cooking out, and uh, you're grilling your burgers and your dogs and your chicken, your yellow bird, and you're having fun. You're having that. And And I'm not against that. I think all the soldiers who go off to war, they want that too. They listen. They wish they were chilling with you. They wish they were chilling with you. They wish they were. They wish they were hanging with you, 
You know, hey, man, let me get one of them burgers. Let me get one of them, one of them, one of them legs and thighs. And let me get one of them dogs. Let me get some of them baked beans. Maybe some potato salad. They might even say, "Hey, I'll take one of them beers, one of them soft drinks." They, if they were if they were here right now, they'd be they'd be saying that. Or if they were alive, they'd be saying that. But they can't because they gave their life and that ultimate sacrifice for you and me in this country. Even though half of us don't even we don't even realize it. I want to give a special shout out to these heroes. The special shout out also to the Gold Star families all across the United States right now who are sitting at that cookout and you're like, "Oh man, I would to God that I would have my my son, my daughter, my dad, my father, my husband, my wife, my mom." back you know it's hard to smile it's hard to smile when something like this happens in your life and your family when you give such a great 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 sacrifice it's hard to hard to do that days like today are tough on these families but i want to give a special shout out to the uh, michael strange foundation america's mighty warriors and operation 300 for our son and uh, I just uh, I appreciate what you do. Thank you to Charlie and Marianne Strange and the Hill Grooves and Sean and Angie and all the other great volunteers there at the Michael Strange Foundation. I'll be privileged to be with you all in October at your uh, at your retreat. And thank you to Debbie Lee, all the all the amazing work you do at America's Mighty Warriors. Boy, you are tireless. You are the energizing the energizer bunny. The energizing bunny. You're just you're just amazing. I'm in awe of what you do, all over the country. Karen and Billy Vaughn, and you guys don't stop. You know, Billy wrote this book. I have it sitting right on my desk called Betrayed. Betrayed, excellent, excellent book about extortion seventeen. You don't know what extortion seventeen means? Well, you better get you a book. You better get you a book. I can think of one. Betrayed. By Billy Vaughn. So here's the thing. Here's a really big thing. They're giving it. They're giving it all they got. These families trying to keep a smile on their face, and and the least we can do is think of them today. You say, but it's Labor Day, Doctor Sean. Who? I mean, I mean, there's Veterans Day. There's Memorial Day. This is Labor Day. This is supposed to be about the workers, man, taking a day off, grilling out. I'm going to tell you something. It, it, you're never going to have a Labor Day without the American soldier. You're not going to have it. It's not going to happen. You're not. You're not. It's not even going to. Not even going to materialize. It's going to be a vapor. Because the American soldier right now is overseas and in other places all around the world, and they're not sitting down to some nice meal. That's just reality. And that reality is not going to change for them. You understand that, right? So you say, man, I feel for them. I want to do my part. Well, the Center for Self-Governance. Look, I I hear a lot of people talk smack, and they they really do. They talk a lot of smack about 
how they want to get plugged in. They want to do they want to do their part. A lot of them say, look, I never got to serve in the military, but I want to do my part. So they do a Facebook post and they think that's it. Lots and lots more, folks. Center for Self-Governance. I know these people well, personally and closely. They're amazing people. That whole team over there, they're, they're just unreal. They travel all around the country. They work so hard for free. Well, they're bringing the training here to Delaware. Let me just tell you, um, we have some training opportunities for you that are going to be tremendous. Uh, on the 16th of this month, you know, the 16th of this month, folks, that's that's right around the corner. That's right around the corner. At Spruce Acres Mansion in Delaware, 110 Road 4, Camden, Delaware. Uh, it's right near Dover, Delaware, if you know where that is. If you're in the Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey even Virginia, actually, down there, you could you could come. The 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 tip of Delmarva. You know it. Look, it's close by. You you drive to the mall. Why can't you do this? It's got to happen. So this is level one. We have two level one opportunities for you, um, but this is level one. Level one. You just go on and go on and the Center for Self Governance website. You just click on that and get yourself signed up for it. Then uh, level two, if you've had level one, Bible Fellowship Church. This is on the 17th of September. Bible Fellowship Church in Newark, Delaware. It's at 808 South Old Baltimore Pike in Newark, Delaware. You just go to the website centerforselfgovernance.com. You click on that. You put in your state, and you look for training. If you've never had any training at all. Level one, that's that's the thing for you. That's the thing for you. Then, hey, tell you what, if you're in Pennsylvania, uh, the Toa Minson Township, it's a large meeting hall at 1090 Troxel Road in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, September 19th, level one, 930 to 530. Go to the Center for Self-Governance website. I'm telling you, it will be worth it. CenterForSelfGovernance.com, just go up in that uh, upper right corner, and you put in your information. That'll tell you where there's a class near you. I mean, look, they don't fool around here. They don't fool around. All right, so today's show, let me just say this. uh, There's been a lot of fire, I'll just say, on the Kim Davis issue. And there's a meme going around that uh, has a picture, a photograph of... Uh, Bruce Jenner, they call him Caitlin, um, and he he's crying. He's wiping away a tear because he got some courage award from ESPN. And the meme says at the top, "This is not what courage looks like." And then at the bottom, has a picture of Kim Davis, forty-nine-year-old Christian lady who's, you know, she, she's just doing her thing, doing her job. And she she can't uh, she can't agree with something, so she she says, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to throw the hold up flag. I'm gonna have to do the time out here. You need some religious accommodation for me." There's a person I have a lot of respect for. This person, I'm not gonna say what her name is. Um, that wouldn't be fair, but I just want to give you the context here. This this is the discussion that's going on in parts of America today. So let me get this straight: a person who felt trapped in their entire life finally coming into their own, being honest 
with a world that they knew would crucify them and be skeptical over their decisions and knew it would be hard for their family but came out as their true self anyway is not courageous? They're not a hero to the thousands of the people in the world who are terrified of making that same decision. They're not paving the way for a more tolerant world. But a person who denies a right to people and breaks laws in the process, even though they swore to uphold such laws, is courageous because they're sticking to what they believe in while causing intolerance in the process of doing so? I'm all for standing up for what you believe in, but when you do not do what you're employed by the government to do, there will be consequences. Please don't comment with, well, that couple could have just gone to another county for their marriage license because then you would be completely blind to why this entire situation is so frustrating to so many people. These couples should not have to go to another county for their marriage license because it is, finally, as much as of much too frequently, their right to be happily married wherever they choose in the United States. And I respect everybody's right to feel the way they want to feel, believe what they want to believe, but here's the crazy thing here. First of all, that couple that came to the uh, Rowan County, they heard there was a little Christian lady there. She's going to be a pushover. They went there, and they had all these national cameras there. Not only are they not from Rowan County, they're not from Kentucky, that little couple. Not, not from there. So they couldn't have gotten one from there anyway. Isn't that funny? Isn't that something? That's part of the story you're not hearing. Well, wait a second. That's not part of the. That's not part of the deal here. That's not. Uh, it, does, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not germane. Well, yeah, it's absolutely germane, because you got two people here saying, "Hey, we want a marriage license." Well, they're not even from her county. Guess who she can't give. She can't. If you're not from her state, she can't give you a uh, a marriage license. She can't do it. No, by the way, not that this is a big thing. I'm just saying the current Kentucky law states that she cannot issue a same-sex marriage certificate. Now, some clerks have been doing that, but they're violating the law. So here's how the here's how the comment thread goes. There's a lot of people, you know, they're excited about it. Yes, 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 this is true, correct, yeah. Uh, and then there's then there's others who say I'm tired of having gay rights thrown in my face all the time. This lady from Kentucky has her Christian right as well. Why are so many taking the side of the gays? And then the person responds, look, I respect your opinion, but I can't agree. Miss Davis, of course, has a right to her Christian beliefs, but when they conflict with her government position, that's where it gets extremely hairy. She took an oath, to, and she broke it by denying people marriage licenses. That is just a fact. No, it's not. Since June, she has, this is me talking now, she has refused, politely refused, to issue any marriage licenses because she says it's not fair, you know, across the board. So I, we need a religious accommodation because if I'm going to do it for for the, the uh, heterosexual couples, then that's not fair. So, uh, you know, I need a religious accommodation here. As back to the comment, as, as far as feeling like gay rights are being thrown in your face, I see as many people standing up for what they are entitled to be and do, in my opinion. Then I responded, she took an oath to her county and to Kentucky, not the Supreme Court of the United States. Religious objection is not the same as denying this couple, who are not from the county in the first place. They're not even from the state. There's much more to this than being reported. Then the other lady responds, very nice lady, Ms. Davis 
Mrs. Davis has a right for her Christian belief as well. When she took office, the courts had not made it a law that it is okay for gay, gay marriage. All I see is sick people in this world. It's like she has Christian rights until the government says she can't. Guess you and I can agree to disagree. Fair enough. Then there's another person who, who chimes in and says, she absolutely has her Christian rights. No one has suggested taking away those rights from her. She's not been told to be in a gay marriage. All she has to do is not stand in the way of another person's rights. See, here's the thing. This is, this is the part that people, this is me talking now. This is the part that people get mixed up. They say they, they confuse rights with wants. They confuse feelings with law and facts. They're not related in this particular case. If she feels, this is back to the other person, if she feels strongly the appropriate thing to do would be for her to step down her, from her position as appointed by the people she is currently refusing to serve. She's not refusing to serve anyone. She has been very emphatic about she would like a religious objection to be made for an accommodation, religious objection, accommodation be made for. She's been she's been clear about this. She's been clear. She hasn't been ignorant. She hasn't been mean. You look at the people that comment on some of these comments. You think, wow, we reading the same thing. But then the comment of the original poster. She denied more than one couple, and honestly, I'm so sick and tired of Christians. Like this, making rules for themselves while completely ignoring others. People like her are why Christianity is so looked down upon and why almost 90% of my generation considers themselves non-religious. Because it's people like Kim Davis who are completely ignorant and judgmental while having their own issues and double standards to take care of. But before I completely lose my mind, I digress. Let me address that. And then she says, now, if you excuse me, I'll have to go to the... There's a food place I'm not going to advertise, and get myself a liberal lunch. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> there's a lot of feeling in that, but there's no fact. There's no fact. Even the 90% number is not accurate. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying for a second that young people are not running from, air quotes, religion, organized religion, in droves. They are. But this is the same generation that has a microwave, can't wait for one minute to be up for their food to be cooked, for their popcorn to be popped. This is a generation that wants it extremely easy and doesn't want to encounter any opposition before they bail out. Now, to be fair, churches have totally changed. I wrote a book called Excellence Kill the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. And you want to know what's funny about that book is that book is – I hate to say it, it's, I wrote it three years ago, but it, it actually is kind of foretelling what is to come. And what is to come then is happening now. There are churches all over the country that have totally changed their way of worship to be more hip, trendy, and cool, to be more approachable. Preachers change. They're not preachers anymore. They're uh, teachers. They've, they've got all kinds of nicknames. They always go by their first name, too. They're always hip-trending cool. They always look cool. They always got their affliction shirts on and their skinny jeans. And, you know, they've almost always got a beard. And they're like, you look, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know. It, it, they're all really apologetic. And they're trying. They're trying to draw in people. Because you said, look, I don't go to your church because your church is boring. I don't read the Bible because it's too hard to read. It's too confusing. Meanwhile, you're in college classes. 
It's people like Kim Davis who are completely ignorant and judgmental. How do you know she's completely ignorant and judgmental? Because your feelings are hurt? Because you feel, because you your issue, your, your dog in the fight is being attacked, so you're going to attack her back. How do you know she's completely ignorant and judgmental? She's not completely ignorant, and she's not judgmental at all. She's not ever said one thing about gay people are ignorant or gross or disgusting. I don't like them. She's never said that, publicly or privately. She's a loving, kind person. Four years ago, she placed her faith in Christ. She turned her life over to God, and her whole life changed. And she's taking a stand. And she's in jail. Oh, well, if she's in jail, she could get out of jail. All she has to do. All right, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. So my response to that was, you don't know her at all. She has only asked to be excused from this function. She has been kind and courteous to everyone. Folks, if you like to go on YouTube, go on YouTube to the Ninja Pastors YouTube channel. And I have a bunch of videos on that. They're very brief videos. Give a look. Tell me what you think. So then there was another person to respond. This is just a bunch of foolishness. She works for the government, not a private institution or company. Tell me about the bakers then, Mr. Smart Guy. Tell me about the bakers. By the way, there was another guy who was much more vehement on here. He wasn't as kind, and uh, I see his comments have been removed. What about the Christian bakers, folks? What about them? Why didn't they get the right to say, hey, we don't want to bake you a wedding cake. We're not throwing rocks at you. We just don't want to make you a wedding cake because our religious beliefs are such. That's a private business, pal. They own it. They pay the rent. They pay the mortgage. They pay for the leasing of the equipment. They pay for the materials they use. And they go in and they work themselves nearly to death from three thirty, four o'clock in the morning baking so folks can have fresh pastries and such when they're on their way to work. And all they said was, we don't want to, because of our religious beliefs, we don't want to have to be made to make a cake. And you said, well, why don't you make the daggone cake? Just make the cake. Stop being so judgmental. Stop being so this. Stop being so that. And I got a newsflash for you, dude. Your argument is crushed right there. Not a private institution or company? Are you kidding me? And then he goes on to say, SCOTUS has the power to change the behavior of the courts and strike down laws as unconstitutional. Check our Constitution for more info. If this lady doesn't want to give out marriage licenses, she has to quit her job. Now, there's lots more to that. I'll get to it in a second, but let me answer that. Young man, you're telling me check the Constitution? I can recite the Constitution, brain injury or not. I know what it means. I know what it says. I know the implications, and I know the cost. I know the cost of standing with my hand, my right hand raised. And taking an oath to uphold the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. What about you? College? I don't think that qualifies you. Don't say I'm a dumb military guy because i got 11 years of postgraduate education. And I got really good grades. So he goes on to say, as an employee of the government, she can't refuse select persons 
service due to her beliefs because that's called discrimination. Wow, buddy, you're a real smart guy. But actually, that's not called discrimination. She has the right to believe whatever she wants, but when she's at work, she must align with the ethics and job responsibilities of the government that the government gives her. And if that isn't something she can handle, then she must quit. And so many people do when they find their personal beliefs to be askew from their professional responsibility. Now, let me say this. This young man is an intelligent guy. He's clearly very articulate, good writer. But you're wrong. She must not align with the ethics and job responsibilities the government gives her. The government has to be fair and accommodating to her, just as they are with Muslims, just as they are with gays, just as they are with transgenders. But she must quit. If all the people, if all the people that disagree with something that work and took a stand for it, if your answer is they must quit, guess what? Tyranny reigns. The reason she's in jail, he goes on to say, the reason she's in jail is because of a government employee. As a government employee, she can't refuse certain people's service due to their identity. Dude, you need to read. That's not why she's in jail. She's in jail for contempt of federal court. Even if it's due to her religious beliefs, the practice of using religion as a buffer to block a marginalized group group's legal rights ran rampant for hundreds of years in America as people refused to serve, help, or assist people of color. Dude, you cannot compare this to the plight of black people and slavery and and being uh, refused service at places. You can't do it. Well, I guess you can because you are. But it's weak. So, no, she can't ask them, just ask them to go to another county because it's her job to give them a marriage license. Here's the problem, buddy. You don't even know the facts here. They're not from Kentucky. She can't give them a marriage license, number one, because it's against Kentucky law. Same sucks. You say, well, the, the SCOTUS, they decide, they determine. No, they don't. Get you a book. Realize that the Supreme Court of the United States of America issues opinions. They do not create legislation. And she can't issue their, them a marriage license for two reasons. One, because it's against Kentucky law. And two, because they don't live there. Now to the point of gays. This is back to his uh, comment. Now to the point of gays being shoved on people. Just because LGBTQ, what the heck with these letters, man? These acronyms. All the time adding letters to acronyms. You've got to separate yourself out because you know what? You have an issue. You have a, you have a, uh, you're on, you're on some list somewhere. You have some issue. This is important to you, so you need a label. LGBTQ. For Pete's sake, how much longer are these going to get? Issues are getting airtime and being discussed doesn't mean that you have to change your worldview. He's right about that. It literally just means that as a society, we are having honest conversations about a marginalized community. Marginalized? Are you kidding me? The transgender that was Bruce Jenner, he's held up as a hero. You're, you're out of your mind if you think being gay in this United States of America nowadays is, is something you have to hide from. You're heralded as heroes. You get calls from the President of the United States. 
So he goes on to say, now you can choose to partake, learn, grow, open your heart, or walk away. That's your choice. Now let me, let me, let me address that. Choose to partake, learn, and grow, open your heart. Okay, learn, grow, and open your heart. That means the left is saying, the gay left is saying, look, you need to learn, grow, and open your heart because you're dumb. You're, 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 you're uh, not growing. You're the opposite of growing. You're dying, and your heart is closed. I don't need to learn. I don't need to grow, and I don't need to open my heart. I'm one of the most compassionate, kind people you ever meet in your life, and I back up my compassion with actual actions. So no, that's not my choice. However, no one is shoving gay crap feces in anyone's face. He doesn't say that, but I'm going to say that on my radio show. If anything, as a queer person, I'm shown daily in constant examples of straightness. I can't turn on the TV without seeing opposite genders kissing, touching, dating, having kids, etc. Or in the real world, where only one in ten people are queer, all I see is heterosexuality. Don't even get me started on Valentine's Day. Oh, so now we're seeing his agenda. He is gay, and so now twisting the facts to represent his label. He's carrying the banner. So in essence, just think about how it would feel for your entire life if you didn't get to see a representation of your love in the media or the daily life you live. But as soon as society begins to talk about your identity, folks want to snatch that little bit of visibility away from you because they don't want to have it shoved on them. I'm not saying you need to change your beliefs, but as a Christian, I believe it's our duty to love our neighbors, learn about them, and not persecute them. Thanks to the person for this riveting conversation. And then she says, go on so-and-so, thank you. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of people joking, and then this person, this one particular person brings up the fact it's obviously not people who have been divorced three times that are ruining institutions of marriage, and they're, being, they're throwing rocks at the fact this woman was married and divorced before. That's interesting to me. That's interesting to me. They're throwing rocks at a woman. First, they don't know anything about. It's interesting to me that the left... We'll throw a rock at this woman. They they have nothing but contempt for the institution of traditional marriage. And yet, and yet, and yet, and yet, they're throwing rocks at this woman because she was married and divorced. Now, she, she came to Christ. She placed her faith in Christ four years ago. Her whole life changed because her mother-in-law said to her on her deathbed, she was on her deathbed, she was about to die, and she said, listen, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you why I'm not afraid to die. And let me encourage you to place your faith in the Savior. And she did. And she changed her whole life. Does that mean that she's perfect? No, neither am I. Hurts, habits, and hang-ups, baby, I got them all. It's interesting to note, one of my super top best ever researchers ever, might be interesting to note that Bruce or Caitlin, whatever, knew she would not be crucified. She knew she would be glamorized. She would be glamorized. Caitlin Jenner or Bruce Jenner, I'm going to call him Bruce. I, I mean, come on. Knew that he would be glamorized. He knew that he would be put up on a pedestal. He knew that. Do you know why he got the, this award at ESPN? Look, folks, he's been in reality television for 10 years. He was on cereal boxes for years and years and years. He was 
viewed as a, a great, great man, a great hero. All of these things. He knew, he knew that there would be some people that didn't like what he was doing. But the people in whose circle he ran and the people who control the all the all the little uh all the little levers as to who gets on screen and who hasn't, they would hold him up as heroes. But here's the news flash for you. Here's a little news flash for you. ESPN gave him that heroic uh award, the uh, Arthur Ashe Award, because he worked a deal with them that he would do his big interview on ABC and ABC owns ESPN. You got me now? We caught up? Then another person says, This argument that she deserves a religious exemption from performing a basic function of her job is one of the most asinine, spelled wrong, things I have ever heard. If a Hindu, Muslim, Jewish, etc. court clerk were denying people licenses because their marriage doesn't meet some requirement of those religions, even though they could legally get married, would all these people be supporting that clerk? Nope. People come up with the craziest ways to excuse discriminating against others. I would laugh if it wasn't so sad. Well, don't be in such a rush to laugh, and don't be in such a rush to be sad, because here are the facts. You ready? You ready? Muslims are given religious accommodations every day all across America. And no one bats an eye. And I'm talking religious exemptions that cost hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, every day, all across America. But not Christians. Another commenter says, this whole situation makes me nauseated. Your religious beliefs should not be used to deny people their rights. As far as gay rights being thrown in people's faces, I apologize that I want equality. I apologize that I want to feel safe being myself or able to marry the love of my life. Look. Can I can I lay some truth on you? Can I just drop drop the mic here? You understand that nobody's denying you anything. Marry the love of your life. We don't care. Then the one of the original commenters said, "Do what you want to do, but why try to throw your lifestyle in Christians' faces? Go get a marriage license somewhere that that they don't have Christian beliefs." Seems like gay rights has more equality than Christian rights. We as Christians would like equal, equal rights as well. You're right. And then the person goes on to say, you're saying this as if I couldn't possibly be a Christian or understand. Everyone deserves equal rights, so to put down one group isn't solving anything. Actually, he's not putting down any anybody. Then the person responds to the other person by name and says, I don't believe that anyone that is gay is trying to throw their lifestyle in your face. Go to a uh, Go to New York City when the gay pride parade is. Go to San Francisco. Go there. Go to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, and tell me that people aren't trying to throw that in their face. They're just simply trying, this is a commenter, they're simply trying to live out in the open as straight people have done for centuries. I also, as a straight person, don't appreciate using quotation marks around the word gay as though it's alleged that someone is a homosexual. How about stop calling it gay rights and stop calling it human rights? Because we're all human, we deserve the same governmental benefits. No, we don't. No, we this this whole notion of we deserve the same governmental benefits. You know who deserves benefits from the government? People that work for them. And the air quotes around gay, she can put air quotes around gay if she wants to. Gay rights, pal. It's gay rights. These are rights that you want. 
to the exemption to the to the detriment of this woman who's just trying to do her job. She just wants a religious objection and in a religious accommodation. So I said to the uh, commenter, Google Judge Tanya Parker. We're going to talk about her in a second. Then we will talk fair. So then the person responds, so there's a very large difference between what Judge Parker and Ms. Mrs. Davis have done. As a judge, Parker made a choice not to perform any marriages because in her eyes she saw the issue as a 14th Amendment issue, equal protection under the law, a.k.a. no discrimination based on identities that someone holds. In her choice, she doesn't perform the service for anyone, thus there was no discrimination. This lady, Kim Davis, said, so as to not discriminate against one, I, I am not issuing any marriage licenses, hetero or gay. Get you some facts. Get you some facts, because that's the fact since June. She's issued none of them for, for straight or for gay. So this person goes on to defend the first openly gay judge. Uh, and she says, uh, he says, I apologize. He says, very articulately, I might, I might say, in her choice, she didn't perform the service for anyone. There was no discrimination, and as a judge, she has the authority and discretion to make that choice. By not performing the marriage ceremonies, she didn't take away someone's rights. Isn't that interesting to me? Because she's a gay judge, an openly gay judge. We can excuse her behavior, and we can say, hey, you know what? She's, she's, she's doing right. We can interpret it that she's doing the right thing. But Kim Davis, oh, she's a little, she's a little portly. She don't have on no fancy clothes. She's clearly not very smart because she's from Kentucky, Appalachia. She dumb. But Tanya, she's black and she's gay. Judge Tanya, she's black and she's gay, so she got to be smart. We got to give a listen to her. Now, on the flip side, he says we have Miss Davis who chose not to give marriage licenses to same-sex couples but still perform the service for opposite-sex couples. That is a blatant lie. She didn't do that. Get you some facts. He goes on to say that, my friend, is discriminatory and a violation of SCOTUS ruling that same-sex marriage bans or refusal to give marriage licenses is unconstitutional. It doesn't say that. Read the opinion. Now, if Mrs. Davis decided not to give any licenses, regardless of sexual orientation, we'd be having a different conversation. Buddy, we would be having a different conversation because that's exactly what she did. He goes on to say incorrectly so, but sadly she did not do that. Instead, she chose her religious beliefs over her job she holds as a government employee, and in that role she actively and purposefully discriminated against and refused to honor the rights of U.S. citizens. No, she didn't. He goes on to say, these two things aren't the same, sorry. One was a legal choice backed by our laws and the position she held, while the other was rooted in her personal beliefs, her personal beliefs and uh, feelings defying the very purpose of her job. Ms. Davis has the right to believe what she wants, but not at the cost of her abridging the rights of others in governmental position. Here's a brief snippet of Judge Reason. I'm going to read the whole thing in a little bit. I, my response to that was, not true. Learn the truth on my show today. I'm broadcasting live at four, and hopefully you're here. But I doubt it. I said, you simply are not in possession of the facts as it relates to Kim Davis's actions or what was behind them. If you want the facts, I will broadcast live at 4 p.m. and it is free to listen. And then he responds, thanks for the condescending, self-serving and offensive undertones of your reply. But I'll pass on that invitation. 
I much prefer to listen to facts from credible sources of information rather than the musings of someone draping their privileged heterosexist heterosexist worldview in a cloak of religious liberties. Well, isn't that sweet? Young fella, let me just tell you something. You got the wrong guy. Because I was giving you an actual invitation, a free invitation, because I know liberals don't like to pay for anything. They like to make conservatives who work pay for stuff. That was an actual invitation. It wasn't self-serving. It wasn't condescending, and it wasn't offensive. It was saying, hey, you don't have the facts. You're not in possession of the facts. If you'd like them, listen in. But now we got your now we see what you're accusing me of is what you are. I went on to say you're just itching to be aggrieved when in fact I was being respectful and honest with you. I am an internationally known speaker and author and I'm not calling you names. I'm just saying you don't have all the correct information, the facts. You may think or feel that you do, but that doesn't change the fact that you don't. Listen, don't listen, totally up to you. What I was doing here is inviting you. It's as simple as that, folks. And and I, I went through all that on purpose. And uh, and the, the reason I did that is because I, I want to give you an example, a representation of what is being discussed all across America. It, it is very, very important. It's very, very important. And to date, that person has not responded, which is okay because you have a right not to respond. In America, in the United States of America, we are we are a nation of laws, absolutely. But listen, if if we if we have to try to keep up with every little class protected class's feelings, how are we going to keep up with all that? It's impossible. Three percent of the population, folks, and everything's being turned on its head for that three percent. I'm not saying you can't get married. I don't care about you getting married. It's interesting to me. I've always mused at this. It's, it, it just blows my mind. I don't understand it. But but women who claim to hate men and and are lesbians, not all lesbians hate men. I'm not saying that. But it is, it, you know, stereoty- stereotypes happen for a reason. They dress like men. I don't get it. You tell me you hate men. You don't like men. Men are terrible. But you dress like men. All the whining and the and the and the just going on and on and on about how you're you're being abused and and disaffected, folks, folks. Do you understand that you are the most mollycoddled group ever in history? And if I were a black person in this country today, who truly went through some civil rights stuff, I'd be I'd be so mad at you. I'd be so mad. At you. I'd be so dumb with your whining. And you're complaining, and uh, they're not, I, I have to look at heterosexuals kiss all day. It's hard. <laughs> Why won't my love be accepted? I don't care if you want to kiss your boyfriend or your girlfriend. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Do I want to see a heterosexual couple making out on the beach? Nope. Do I want to see a, a, a homosexual couple making out on the beach? Nope. Do I want the school to teach my kids about heterosexual sex in school? Nope. Do I want them to teach about gay sex? Nope. No. Now, I want to drop some facts on you folks that some of you may or may not have seen this. I know this guy. 
great, great man, really, truly, truly one of the one of the very best people out there you'll ever ever meet. And I and I think it's important to preface this with he is a conservative, he is a Christian, and the fact of the matter is he's he's an awesome dude. He's just a flat out awesome dude and one of the smartest people I I have ever met in my life. Hold on. Give you a chance to listen here. Really, truly, genuinely one of the most amazing people I've ever met. Uh his name is David Barton. Some of you have heard from heard I I, I know the guy. He's amazing. He's more amazing in person than he is in his public persona. And his public persona and his private persona, same thing. Same guy. So some on the Christian, this is him. I'm quoting David Barton now. Some on the Christian side are now claiming that Kim Davis, the county clerk in Kentucky, jailed for refusing to issue homosexual marriage licenses, has gone too far. They argue that the judge offered her a way out by allowing others in her office to issue the license, but she refused Thus, they argue Kim is prolonging the punishment by her own choice, but such claims ignore several key facts. First, Kim understands that every marriage license issued out of her office, whether by her or by someone else, will have the name Kim Davis officially stamped on it, believing as she does that God does not approve of homosexual marriage. She does not want her name to ever, either now or in the future, be associated with something of which God openly disapproves. Now, let me pause you there. Let me say this, folks. She's not against gay people. She's not against gay people living together, civil unions, whatever the case may be. But she's not there to put her stamp on a gay marriage. It is her right to disagree with that. It is her right to say, I'm not into that. Like I said before, many times before, I don't care Whatever you want to call the thing you're doing, call it whatever you want. But it isn't marriage, the biblical definition of marriage. And don't make me apply the same meaning to it. If I don't if I don't agree with it, I shouldn't have to be forced to put my stamp on it ad infinitum. That's reality. So David Barton goes on to explain, we understand her concern. At Wall Builders, we have more than 100,000 original or copies of original historic documents from before 1812. Suppose we had in our possession a homosexual marriage license issued in 1795 with George Washington's signature on it. We would conclude that Washington approved of homosexual marriage even if somehow, even if someone below him had issued the license. I use Washington's name in this example because we know that he believed exactly the opposite on this issue. After all, he instituted the original ban on homosexuals in the military. Kim Davis has chosen to remain in jail, not to be cantankerous or become a martyr. She remains there because she does not want anyone now or in the future to be confused about her agreement with biblical morality. Second, recall the extensive protections for religious conscience long provided in America. Quakers are not forced to fight in wars, Jehovah's Witnesses are not required to partake or participate in the Pledge of Allegiance. The Amish are not required to complete the standard compulsory 12 years of education. Christian scientists are not forced to have their children vaccinated or undergo medical procedures often required by state laws, and many, many other examples. Quakers hold that the Bible teachings 
Don't permit them to be a party in taking another human life. So let's say that the government concedes that they don't have to fight in wars. All they have to do is load the bullets into the gun of the other soldiers who do the killing. This certainly is not an acceptable compromise for a Quaker, and Jehovah's Witnesses refuse to say the pledge because they believe that allegiance is owed to God alone and no one else. So let's say the government agrees that they don't have to say the pledge. All they have to do is hold the flag while everyone else recites the pledge. This compromise still crosses the line of their religious convictions. We don't require any such compromises for any other group with religious convictions, whether Amish, Christian scientists, Muslims, Jews, Sabbatarians, or so forth. Why make Kim Davis any different? Third, Christians least of all should be asking Kim to compromise least of all should be asking Kim to compromise her conscience. After all, few subjects in the Bible are stressed as strongly as that of every individual maintaining a pure conscience before God. Referenced more than 30 times in the New Testament alone, and multiple passages instruct that public policy be crafted to protect the rights of conscience. Consequently, this right is first enshrined in American legal documents beginning in 1640 and continued for long Thereafter, as John Quincy Adams affirmed, the transcendent and overruling principle of the first settlers of New England was conscience. A century and a half later, the founding fathers affirmed that support for this right remained unabated. Government is instituted to protect property of every sort. Conscience is the most sacred of all property. James Madison, signer of the Constitution. It is inconsistent with the spirit of our laws and Constitution to force tender consciences. Thomas Jefferson. If I am asked, why do you obey the will of God? I answer, because it is my duty to do so. If I am asked again, how do you know this to be your duty? I answer again, because I am told to do so by my moral sense or conscience. James Wilson, signer of the Declaration of and the Constitution, original justice on the United States Supreme Court. The rights of conscience and private judgment are by nature subject to no control but that of deity, and in that free situation, they are now left. John Jay, author of the Federalist Papers and original Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. Consciences of men are not the subjects of human legislation. William Livingston, signer of the Constitution. Today, America's three-century-long public policy on the issue is now unknown or ignored. Significantly, secular norms do not allow differing rights of conscience, but instead demand conformity, which always requires punishment and coercion. As America allows secularism to become the dominant force in its culture, the loss of legal protections for the religious rights of conscience will be a direct casualty. And so here we are today, with even Christians questioning whether Kim Davis has the inalienable right to religious conscience that every previous generation knew that she had. David Barton. What a guy. So here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. And this is the really important thing. I know that were I to copy and paste that, and I'm still tempted to do it in the, in that post that I was uh that I was reading to you earlier, the Facebook post. By the way, you can follow me at Facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. And at um my Twitter handle, which is at the Ninja Pastor, the Ninja Pastor. 
go right there and sign in. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube, which is uh, The Ninja Pastor. If you put that in, that'll take you right to it. Love to have you. While you're at it listening here, click on follow. You'll be signed up. You get all kinds of notifications. It's free of charge. We don't even use your information. Some of you would say when I started to give those quotes, some of you on the left and some of you Christians would say, yeah, but that's not fair for us to force upon a, a whole segment of society. Now, a whole segment of society is 3%, but okay, it's not fair to force it on there. Besides, these were nothing but white racists. That's the answer most often given. That's the answer most often given. These are nothing but white racists. So why should I listen to them? Man, some people you can't help, folks. Some people you can't help. These are the originators of our country. They are the founders of our country. And our country was founded on their thoughts, on their beliefs. Slavery has long since been overturned. Black people have more opportunity in this country than anywhere else in the world today. I can look out my window of my studio and I can look around at houses that are five times as expensive as the home I can afford to live in. And they're owned by black people. I can look at the golf course and and see on two days of the week, black golfers associations coming out and playing golf all day long. I could be mad at them. I could say, hey, how are those people affording those fancy cars and, and those $3,000 worth of golf clubs and fancy clothes and, 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 and you know all of these things and come out and play golf all day? How can they afford to do that? Or I can say, good for you, man. I can look at the fact that the president of the United States is, well, I don't know if they call him black. It's an offense to black people, but he's half black anyway. Eric Holder, half black anyway. The current attorney general, some black. You can't tell me there's not opportunity for black people in this country. But yet gay people want to take that and combine the issue to muddle the issue and say, hey, you know what? We're with you, man. Civil rights, human rights. I'm all for human rights. I'm all for it. But not at the exclusion of others. Newsmax just just had a, uh, a post September 6th. Uh, 2015 at 2.05 p.m. Rowan County, Kentucky clerk Kim Davis has been jailed without bail since Thursday for refusing to allow her office to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Folks, that's not why she's being arrested. That's the gist of it, the underlying reason, but she hasn't issued any, any, to hetero or same-sex. Her attorney, Matthew Staver, who is a hero by anybody's definition that knows anything about anything, if you know anything about heroes, Matthew Staver a hero, says that some people even accused, uh, even some people accused of murder are allowed to be free on bail while their trial is pending. And here's a quote. This woman who hasn't done any crime at all, Staver told Newsmax on Sunday, she's being held without bail for an indefinite period of time. In fact, one of the U.S. Marshals, when they were directed by the judge to take her into custody, told her he had never arrested anyone who had not committed a crime. GOP presidential candidate Mike Huckabee, by the way, I'm not for him, nice enough guy, but he's not my guy, told ABC's This Week, 
Sunday that there is a double standard for liberals and conservatives when it comes to violating same-sex marriage laws. He pointed to former San Francisco Mayor Gavin Newsom and President Barack Hussein Obama's former Attorney General Eric Holder for allowing same-sex marriage when it was illegal, yet suffering no consequences. Folks, I said this last week. I said this last week. There is a double standard here. There's a double standard. And it's wrong. We've got to stop whining about the double standard and start fixing it. Because you know what? We're not going to get our rights back without a fight. We're not. That's some good water right there. That good water right there. We are not going to get our rights back without a fight. Back to the article. But Davis, who says same-sex marriage violates her Christian beliefs, is in control of her own destiny, Harvard Law professor Alan Dershowitz tells Newsmax. She can get out immediately, Dershowitz said. All she has to do is resign her job and say, look, I can't do this in conscience. And because I can't do it in conscience, I can't really hold the job. I really can't hold the job of being clerk. That's the principal decision. This is what he says. Davis is being able to continue to serve as county clerk while refusing to issue marriage licenses would be comparable to a conscientious objector rather than declining to enter the Army, joining instead, then refusing to follow orders, Dershowitz said. I have a lot to say about that. U.S. District Court Judge David Bunning has said he jailed Davis without bail in effort to force her to comply on the U.S. Supreme Court ruling this summer legalizing gay marriage nationally. Allowing her to pay a fine wouldn't have worked, Bunning said, because Davis has a large group of supporters willing to cover the cost. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Isn't that special? That he used, he violated federal law in using bail or lack of bail to punish or teach her. It's not, it's not what bail is for. It's illegal to do so, and he just admitted doing it. Staver's lawyer, uh, Staver, Matt Staver, Davis's lawyer, is skeptical that Bunning ever even considered a fine, even though the gay couple seeking the original injunction against Davis specifically requested a fine and not jail time. The temporary injunction ended the day, the end of the day, August 31st, Staver said, and at 1030 the next morning, a motion for contempt was filed. Bunning, the judge, set a 1 p.m. hearing, allowing only a five-page response when the rules allow for 20 pages. When the hearing was held 48 hours later, Bunning already had the jailer, who had to travel from another county in the courtroom, ready to take Davis into custody. Then when he read he was going to confine her, he read from a prepared statement he had already written and didn't take the civil penalties at a graduated rate, Staver said. Jailing Davis was the judge's intent from the very beginning, Staver said. University of Alabama School of Law professor Ron Krotosinski, Jr. tells Newsmax that he wasn't surprised that he was surprised as well. A judge usually starts with the, a fine first, Krotosinski said, before moving on to incarceration. The exception is with journalists who refuse to give up their confidential sources. Staver is appealing the decision to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, but Krotosinski said he doesn't expect to see the decision overturned. Unless the Sixth Circuit finds the judge was wildly inappropriate in his ruling, it will stand, he said. Staver feels differently, telling Newsmax, this is just a particular judge who violates the rule of law to reach his desired end. Now, you say, well, the judge ruled. The Supreme Court ruled. The judge ruled. 
They ruled. So we got to do it. We say that, that Christian clerk, Kim Davis, she's obeying the law in the United States Constitution. She gets thrown in jail because she's disobeying the Supreme Court of the United States. She goes to jail. But a lesbian judge, first openly lesbian judge, Tanya Parker, refused to perform heterosexual weddings for three years. She's never been reprimanded. Three years. She's a Dallas judge. Uh, Greg Janda wrote an article uh, back in 2012, February 24th, 2012. Uh, the headline is, Gay Dallas Judge Won't Perform Marriages. Dallas County Judge Tanya Parker says she won't perform marriage ceremonies until gay couples can wed. Did you, did you catch that? Did, did you did you did you just catch that? Dal, I'll read it again. Dallas County Judge Tanya Parker says she won't perform marriage ceremonies until gay couples can wed. During a February 21st meeting, Parker told the Stonewall Democrats of Dallas that while she has the power to perform legal marriage ceremonies in her court, she will not. I use it as my opportunity to give them a lesson about marriage inequality in this state because I feel like I have to tell them why I'm turning them away, Parker said. So I usually will offer them something along the lines of, I'm sorry, I don't perform marriage ceremonies because we are in a state that does not have marriage equality. And until it does, I'm not going to partially apply the law to one group of people that doesn't apply to another group of people. And it's kind of oxymoronic for me to perform ceremonies that can't perform, be performed for me, so I'm not going to do it. I do not perform marriages because it is, an, it is not an equal application of the law, period, Parker told the Dallas Voice. Though she chooses not to perform the ceremonies, Parker said she passes marriage ceremonies on to other judges so they can be completed. Tantamount to, of course, Kim Davis saying, I need a religious subjection and accommodation here. How about a, a clerk from another county? You, ten minutes away. It's ten minutes, folks. How about they sign it? How about they stamp it? This judge says she's doing the same thing. Three years. This is what she further says. She re released a statement on Thursday afternoon. I faithfully and fully perform all of my duties as the presiding judge of the 116th Civil District Court, where it is my honor to serve the citizens of Dallas County and the parties who have matters before the court. Performing marriage ceremonies is not a duty that I have as presiding judge of a civil district court. It is a right and a privilege invested in me under the family code. I choose not to exercise it, as many other judges do not exercise it. Because it is not a part of our duty, some judges even charge a fee to perform the ceremonies. I do not, and would not ever, impede any person's right to get married. In fact, when people wander into my courtroom... Usually while I'm presiding over other matters, I direct them to the judges in the courthouse who do perform marriage ceremonies. If my deputy is not busy, I will even ask him to escort or help these individuals find another judge who performs the ceremonies. I do this because I believe in the rights of people to marry and pursue happiness. During the meeting, Parker also mentioned other steps she takes to promote equality for gay, lesbian, and transgender issues, including adding the word partner to the list of people the jury is not supposed to communicate about the ongoing case with and admonishing an attorney who used the terms child molester and homosexual interchangeably. Parker was elected in 2010 and is the first openly gay woman to be elected as county judge in Dallas. 
How how is it, folks? Because we don't have an agenda. We just we just what we do is we just go okay, we don't have an agenda. So we go to someone who doesn't object. We say, okay, whatever. You disagree, so uh I'm just gonna go down here. Or if I know there's an all gay bar. I don't frequent gay bars. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the restaurant down the block. I'm going to go down the block instead of going to this gay bar and saying, well, you have to serve me. You have to serve me. You have to serve me. Let me let me ask you. Let's extend it to churches, folks. You want your freedom? You want your freedom? Let's extend it to churches. You go in to a church now. Let's say you're a, a music minister. You're an excellent musician but you're openly gay. The church and its denomination stand is that we don't support gay marriage. We don't support homosexuality. We're we're kind to them. We'll feed them, we'll clothe them, we'll do whatever needs to be done, but we don't agree with it. But you come and you say, I want a job here. I want a job at your church. I want a job at your Christian school. And I'm openly gay, so you better give me a job. You better give me a job. You better you better let me work here because I'm openly gay and I'm going to take you to court. And they have to hire her. They have to hire him. They have to fi- hire her. Whoever it is, the 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 uh, the, homos- the openly homosexual person at a church or at a church school, you got to hire me. Listen, folks. You understand that this is look. I'm I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to argue with you. that there are some injustices in the world. There there are some injustices in the world, absolutely. Absolutely. But this lady? You've got to be kidding me. You've got two people who aren't from the state, let alone the county. And you're telling me that this is the woman that's doing something wrong. Two people who knew they couldn't even be issued a marriage license there of any sort. And they brought their cameras. Shame on ABC. Let me discuss something with you for for just a second, too. Conservatives you you've got to stop crying every time 
the wrong thing happens to you. You've got to start acting upon that wrong, not crying about it. TV doesn't treat us right. Stop whining. Start acting. Newspapers don't write fair articles about us. Stop whining. Start acting. Have you heard about this this Muslim? Muslim employee, airline company ExpressJet, suspended Muslim employee Sharee Stanley because she refused to serve alcohol to passengers. Why? Because doing so would violate her religious beliefs. Ms. Stanley is now pursuing a legal action against ExpressJet to fully reinstate her employment with religious accommodations included. Her lawyer, Lena Masri, spent some time on CNN explaining exactly why the law is on Ms. Stanley's side. Does this sound familiar to another story you've heard recently? Except while the Muslim is suing her employer for violating her religious beliefs, the Christian is rotting in jail for the same reason. Let's take a moment to discuss this hypocrisy. Now, I know what you might be thinking. It's not against the law to refuse to serve alcohol on a flight, but it is against the law to refuse a court order. True. However, it's the argument that comes out of this interview with Ms. Stanley's attorney that I want to draw your attention to. You need to watch this video for yourself. There's a video there. Just look it up so you can have a clear picture of what I'm talking about. The lawyer makes the same point three times. Our society places upon employers an obligation to accommodate the religious beliefs of employees, said Ms. Masri. Employers are required by law to ensure that there is a safe environment in place and employees can practice their religious beliefs freely. Kim Davis's religious beliefs prevent her from distributing marriage certificates for homosexual couples. Yet, did her employer make any attempt to accommodate her religious beliefs? Obviously not or else Kim Davis wouldn't be bunking at the Carter County Detention Center. Ms. Davis's workload could have been shifted away from marriage licenses toward other tasks, but they weren't. So Kim Davis didn't just lose her job. She lost her entire way of life and her privacy because her employee wouldn't accommodate her religious beliefs. Her employer wouldn't accommodate her religious beliefs. If the law is on Cherie Stanley's side, why isn't it on Kim Davis's side too? While you're thinking about this, check out the late-breaking story of a gay judge who's refusing to marry straight couples. Yeah, that's actually true. Actually true. Folks, do you, do you understand what I'm saying here? Do you understand this? At some point or another, folks, we have to stop whining about hypocrisy. We have to stop complaining that we're being treated unfairly, and we have to start kicking butt and taking names. We have to stop whining about how they're not fair. They're so not fair. It's so unfair. It's not fair. We need to stop with all this. And we need to start acting. We need to take action. We need to get in the game and fight. Here's another thing we need to do. We need to populate all of the judge positions, all of the superintendent positions, all of the school board positions. We need to run for every office that's available, including dog catcher. And we as conservative Christians 
need to get out and vote. Not just for president. You see, if you link to me, if you link your your obligation, your more this is why Center for Self Governance is so powerful. If you equate your entire obligation to vote one time a year, you are missing the mark. You're missing the mark. There's so many other things we have to do. There's so many other elections we have to do. You know, there are elections held for county council and elections held for superintendent of this or that, elections held for school board that are decided by three votes, and there's ten total votes. People just don't vote. They don't get plugged in. They don't know what's happening in their own town. I say, Christian conservative, go get involved. Stop whining about it and go get involved. That's reality. Let me ask you another question, folks. Let me just ask you. If I break this down and I say, look, this is just, you know, we're only going to vote for Christian conservatives are only going to come out for one election, that of president of the United States. Because that's the most important. That's the most powerful. That's that's the one that holds the most sway. Holds the most influence. Do you see the error in your ways? Run for judge. Run for judge. Run for supervisor, county supervisor. Run run for every one of these offices. Go out and vote for every one of these offices. Get, run people. If you're not the person, run somebody that's good that can do it, that is up to the task, and then support them with all you have. And less and less, you will see the control that is exercised over you will begin to dissipate. You know, in that, uh, I read the uh, the Facebook, uh, the whole process there, the whole, I don't know what they call it. It's some name they have for it, thread. Call it a thread. In that thread, I read at the top of the show, You understand that, look, I'm not throwing rocks at these people. I'm not saying anything other than you're entitled to your opinion, but you're not entitled to repackage history and facts. Facts are facts, not feelings. You see, much of what you hear out there are people speaking to you about their feelings. They're speaking to you about what they feel, but not what is fact. You may feel a certain way. That doesn't mean it's fact. And because it's not fact, we don't change policy based on that. One of the reasons why Barack Obama is is so totally criminal is because he absolutely looks at you as a Christian conservative and says, you are a worthless Dangerous, extremist, bigoted, small-minded, uneducated, misinformed fool. And we sit quietly. And then we start whining about how the president isn't very nice to us. Let me let me share this with you before we close. I know it's uh, Labor Day and you're trying to get your 
get your hamburger and your hamburger wrapped around a hot dog with some cheddar cheese. You're trying to get that. You're trying to get that. Go ahead and get you some. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds good, doesn't it? My buddy Philly Bob, he's he's making it happen up there on the grill. Let me look at look, I'm not I'm not uh how do I say this tactfully? One of these people I am totally for, and one of these I'm not totally for. But if the one were to be the nominee for president of the United States, I would give everything I got to make sure he gets elected. Because things are that bad. Donald Trump. Here's what you don't know about Donald Trump. He's a father. This is the guy that I don't want to see get the job, but if he gets the nod, I'm supporting him. We can't handle 10 more minutes of this administration, let alone four or eight years. We lose this election, folks. It's over. Am I saying that this one person is going to change everything? No. No, we have a, a tremendous majority in Congress, and yet it does nothing. Does nothing. So Donald Trump, he's a father. He's a real estate developer. He's had his own firm. Uh, well, let me let me start over. Let me Let me hit rewind. Donald Trump, his father, real estate developer, had his own firm where Donald worked while attending the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania, its premier uh, premier business school, where he earned a Bachelor's of Science in Economics. He joined the firm in 1968 and took over in 1971. Let me play this back for you. Let me let me play this back for you. Donald Trump worked for his dad while attending the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania, where he earned a B.S. in economics. He joined the firm in 68. He took over in 71. 69, 70, 71. Three years. Donald is the fourth of five children. His sister is a federal judge in the United States Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. Trump's mother was a Scottish immigrant. Paternal grandparents, German immigrants. Donald Trump attended private school until midway through high school when he was switched to the New York Military Academy from which he graduated. He has said himself, about himself, that he was a rough kid who needed discipline. He came of age in the Vietnam War draft. He had a student deferment and then a medical deferment. He initially came to public attention in 1973 when he was accused by the Justice Department of violation of the Fair Housing Act in the operation of 39 buildings. Trump, in turn, accused the Justice Department of targeting his company because it was large and of, and of trying to force it to rent to welfare recipients. Charges were settled two years later, with Trump saying that he felt the agreement allowed him to only rent to those welfare recipients, recipients who were equally qualified with anyone else. He acquired and developed Old Penn Central for $60 million with no money down. With the help of a 40-year tax abatement, Trump turned the bankrupt Commodore Hotel into the Grand Hyatt, which created the Trump Organization. A series of poor business decisions led to bankruptcy, uh, business bankruptcy in 1988. By 91, Trump emerged from bankruptcy, and the late 90s have seen a resurgence with Trump's net worth being valued at anywhere between four and ten billion. The immense success of Trump's branding and licensing deals, sports and entertainment interests, 
both in financial terms and in influence, is huge. As an FYI, Trump is a notable popular He's notably popular in Israel, where he was awarded the Liberty Award in 2013 for his contributions to U.S.-Israel relations. So what's the analysis here? The, you, you cannot conclude anything other than he's a very, very smart man. Private school, Wharton School of Business. Folks, you, you, it's, it's extremely difficult to get into that school and then to graduate as he did. He was raised in a solid family with five kids. He had an immigrant mother, a first-generation father. as a German immigrant. Uh, they were entrepreneurial parents. Education in his family was highly valued. All five kids went to an expensive private school. This is a guy who's, who's been rewarded for not being pushed around and for figuring out th- how things work, and, for how, and, and he makes things happen. He was 27 years old when the Justice Department came after him. Guess what he did? He came after them right back. He went bankrupt but came back stronger. He's a master with the media. Look, this guy's not an ivory tower academic that's well-educated, seasoned, and, and a narcissistic guy from that standpoint. He is a guy who said, you know what? I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to get after it. I'm going to make some things happen. Let's talk about Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is a guy, he is the guy who I absolutely uh, am very, very much for. Met the guy, read almost everything that he's written. I can actually read, unlike Barack Hussein Obama, I can read what he wrote in college. I can read the reports. I can, I can read all, the, all of his papers. I can read them. They're public, publicly available, free of charge, no cost or obligation to you. Unlike Barack Hussein Obama, who, well, you'll see some similarities and some differences. He was born to parents both working at the time in Canada in the oil business. They were owners of a seismic data processing firm for oil drilling. He has older step-siblings. His dad... Cuban. If you've ever heard him speak, he's an amazing man. His mother, an Irish-Italian from Wilmington, Delaware. Hey, hey! He identifies as Southern Baptist. He graduated valedictorian from Second Baptist High School in Houston, Texas. He graduated cum laude from Princeton, where he was the 1992 top debater in the United States National Debate Championship and the North American Debating Championship. His senior thesis was on the supremacy of states, states' rights emphasized in the Constitution. Then he graduated magna cum laude from Harvard Law, primary editor of the Harvard Law Review and founding editor of the Latino Law Review. Now, let's just go back to this. Let's go back to this. He graduated magna cum laude from Harvard Law. He was the primary editor of Harvard Law Review. We can read everything that he wrote. Everything. We can read nothing that Barack Obama wrote except for his two books. How about a legal career? We can look at it an actual legal career, not Barack Obama's legal career, not Hillary Clinton's legal career, but an actual career. He worked on NRA issues, very, very critically important uh, Supreme Court fights of which he won. He was involved in the impeachment of Bill Clinton from a legal standpoint. 
He argued before the Supreme Court nine times, and by the way, something I like about him, he was wearing cowboy boots every time. This is a person who's been rewarded and found success in academic achievement. He's super intelligent. Super intelligent guy. Highly educated. And he has parents that valued education. He's got a super strong Christian upbringing. He's got solid, strong, conservative values. The one thing I look at with him, and I don't in any way, uh, in no way do I throw rocks at him for this, because he's addressed this. He's never run from it. I would point out that while he says he wishes he'd have served in the military because of the high esteem that he has for the service members, he didn't serve in the military. And while he hasn't worked in business as an entrepreneur, he he clearly grew up with entrepreneurial parents, business parents. His formative life experiences have been largely academic success and public speaking, intellectual success. But he's done things. He's taken clear stands. I would say that's a big thing. Folks, there was a time where our our president... Our president, you know, was a, a military person or, or, or had some involvement in real work with real measurable accomplishments. Not anymore. Not anymore. <clears throat> I've got to ask you a question. Do you understand what is at stake here? Do you do you get what we're up against? Do you get how dangerous and how slippery this slope is that we're we're on? Do you get what happens if we lose? Do you get what happens if we abdicate? Do you get what happens if we sit on the sidelines and say none of this matters? We lose everything. We lose everything. Look, there's nobody that I know of on the right who is saying we want to take away rights from gay people. Nobody. What we are saying is we got to be right. We got to be factually based. We've got to be we've got to do the right thing. You can dispute all the things that you want to dispute, but look, until you start involving facts, then you're just talking. 
talking. Religious freedom is, is why we're here. Why we're here. Folks, if we don't start getting serious about our involvement, that's why I say this Center for Self-Governance, I'm not kidding you. It's one of the more powerful things you'll ever experience in your life. If you don't start getting involved, and I mean aggressively so, if you don't start getting involved, plugged in, educated, develop the habit of long you know, studying and, and, and the learning, long training. Then we lose it all. And all the stuff that you're preoccupied with right now, it's all it's worthless. It's meaningless. It's meaningless because we won't have a country for you to do those things in. We are losing everything, not just some things, everything. These are absolutely barefoot in the snow days, folks. Barefoot in the snow days. And yet we're silent. At some point or another, it has to matter enough for you to do something. There's always a cost. Freedom isn't free. If you wake up in the morning In a land where you are free You should think about the ones who fought Protecting liberty You should fly a flag in honor Of the price they had to pay Yes, every day throughout this land Should be Memorial Day For some gave all They paid the price For freedom's here, they sacrificed, they gave their lives for you and me. Their graves remind us, freedom's not free. If you watch your children playing in a land where freedom reigns, In a land of purple majesty above the fruited plains You should tell them of the soldiers Who had courage and were brave And fought in wars and battles To ensure all glory waves For some gave all They paid the price For freedom's here They sacrificed, they gave their lives for you and me. Their graves remind us, freedom's not free. They stood with pride and honor 
and sometimes it just it, it exasperates me. <clears throat> yeah, I'm getting messages saying, "Well, dude, uh, it's not Memorial Day; it's Labor Day. <clears throat> this is about the worker, the American worker. This is about labor overcoming." You lack an understanding, folks. You lack an understanding of how we got to this place. It's critical that you understand that. How did we get here? How did we get here? Folks, you know, I try to put things simply. I try to make things plain. But you know what? Sometimes it's not that simple. Sometimes it's not that simple. Sometimes you have to develop a habit of long training. Sometimes you have to dig in deeper than just your feelings on something. It's very important for you to understand the facts. Because if you drive everything off of what you feel, you will be sadly wrong. A lot of you have asked about my good buddy, Chris Cahalan. And you've said, hey, what's going on with Chris? What happened? He's fighting uh, uh, pancreas cancer. Well, there's there's an update. Uh, tomorrow morning, Chris will be having surgery to replace. Uh, he has a plastic stent. And they're going to take the plastic one out that's causing all kinds of problems. They're going to put a metal one in. And they're going to look further at the tumor and its relation to his veins. It's a very, very big day. And if that isn't enough, on Wednesday, he starts round two of his chemotherapy. We're praying for a miracle for Chris Cahalan. I'm wondering if those of you who are out there who actually pray, who actually believe that God is listening, that we don't serve an amazing God, we serve the amazing God. I wonder if you'd join me in praying for my buddy Chris. I wonder if you'd be willing to just for a moment shut out all the other sounds in your life and pray for my buddy Chris. He is a great guy. He does a lot of really good things. And he's just plain and simple. A good dude with a great family. Father, we I come to you and I don't know half of what I should know. I'm I'm in awe of what you can do. And what you've chosen to do over the years. I know that there is nothing at all you can't do. And I'm asking you if you'd be willing 
is to help this guy out. Heal his body. Give them good news. It'd be awesome if you did. I know, Chris, and I know, as you know him better than I do, God, that he's going to praise you no matter what. No matter what, he's going to honor you. No matter what, he's going to be thankful to you. No matter what, he's going to love you. He's going to trust you and he's going to obey you. And he knows that he's in your hands. I'm just asking that you help him out. Give him the healing that he needs. I know that you can. I know that if it's your will, you will. And I know that no matter what happens, we're going to raise our hands to you in praise. Bless his family. They're tired. They're stressed. And they need a break. I ask that tomorrow... You make everything go perfectly. Let the surgeons have the best rest they've ever had in their whole life tonight. Allow them to feel great when they awaken tomorrow morning. Let their hands be as steady as they've ever been in their life, even more so. Let them feel supernatural power going through them. And God, when they look at the tumor, I pray the news is fantastic. I ask this in your son Yeshua's name. Amen. Folks, if you prayed with me uh, for Chris, I appreciate that so much. But you know what would really help? Is if you reached out and you uh, if you go to um, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, click on like, and put a comment on there that you prayed for him and that you'll continue to pray for Chris Cahalan and his family. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. It's a tough world we live in. There's so many challenges, folks. There are so many challenges. It's a tough, tough world. We have to find some way to come together. We have to find some way to help the people who need help. Chris is one of them. Chris's family. And they deserve it, quite frankly. They're good people. What do you think, people? Can you manage that? We're all fighting. We're waging hope in the fight against pancreatic cancer. If anybody can beat it, this guy can beat it because his faith in God is unreal. His attitude is stellar. Absolutely stellar. His faith is unshaken. Folks, 
I get on this show, it's funny. I always wonder what I'm going to say, and I always try to deliver some some element of value for you. And I try to do it in an, in an encouraging and enlightening, and but in, a, in an entertaining way. But you know, sometimes it's it's so difficult what we have to face as human beings living on this planet together. The entertainment goes out the window. Being entertained is the least and the last thing. that we do or should think about. Sometimes we just got to link arms and we got to get serious about helping each other out. We got to get serious about saving this country. This is the last shot we have. This is the last shot we have. I believe that America is God's gift I believe that America has the opportunity to be exceptional again. I believe that God's people have the opportunity to to demonstrate better than anybody else the love and the provision and the healing of God through his son, Jesus Christ. Our government... is a mess. In a way that is so far beyond what we can even imagine. If you've ever seen how the sausage is made, and I've been in a position over the many years and the different uh, roles that I've had, from the inside out, I can tell you we're in far worse shape. Far worse. But I'm not going to run to another country. I'm going to fight for this one. This is where I was born. My children were born. And I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. What about you? Are you genuinely in this? Or have you given up? I'm not giving up. What about you? Are you going to decide Are you going to resolve? And when the times get tough, are you going to stand? Or are you just going to whine? be a keyboard commando and complain on social media how tough it is, how unfair it is. It's the last chance we got. It's the last chance we got. 
This is it. We lose it here, like President Reagan said. We lose here. It's everything is lost. We're the last hope. I'll say it one more time: the Center for Self Governance, folks. There's training available to you. It's some of the best training there is. No kidding. I mean, it is some of the best training you will ever experience in your life. What does the Level 1 course do? It introduces the concept of self-governance and civic authority. You may think you know, but you don't know. Trust me, you don't know. What it's designed to do is bring the student to a common understanding of their role in leveraging self-governance and exercising civic authority. It's foundational, folks. lays the groundwork necessary for all the other lessons. You get your workbook included in their registration fee. You can, you can, if you've taken this before, by the way, you can audit the class. If you've taken level one before, you say, look, I want to give another run at it. You don't have to pay $50 again. Just pay 10 You get discounts, too. If, you're, uh, if you have children attending with a parent, $15. Children who attend on their own, $20. You just need a paper pen and bring some enthusiasm. I'm telling you, you got to stop talking a good game. And you got to start fighting for this country. If you don't, it is over. Sounds like hyperbole, I know. There's lots of people on the left that would tell you otherwise. No, that's just no. That's just big talk, trying to get scare you. No, it's absolutely true. Do this one step and get get plugged in. It's worth it, don't you think? Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor and follow dr sean on twitter at the ninja pastor and on facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash god in country radio and at www.drseangreener.com in the meantime dr sean will be fighting for you and for this great country Thank you for joining in this fight.